Welcome everybody. Welcome to our third class as part of our Rosh Chodesh series, Well Connected. Welcome to the ladies who are here. Welcome to the ladies online. I'm Dina Schusterman and um, I'm excited to see you all. This week is actually, um, we're gonna be celebrating on the 10th of Shvat, which is um, in two days, two days. We're gonna be celebrating the yard site of the Friedrich Rebbe, who was the, who, what we call the previous Lubavitch Rebbe. He was the first Lubavitch Rebbe that came to this, America. And then his son-in-law who was the Rebbe we knew. He became the Rebbe the, the year later, he took on the leadership of Rebbe. Of Rebbe. So um, all things Rebbe this week. Um, I'm here, Rebbe Solish, Leah. We live in Atlanta, Georgia because of the vision of the Rebbe. Otherwise, we'd be happily ensconced. Leah probably, well, no, you wouldn't even be ensconced in South Africa because she would have never moved to South Africa to begin with. So I would be, I don't know, we'd probably all be living in the shtetl in Brooklyn. Who knows? Um, I'm so, so grateful that the Rebbe had this vision because not only do I get to meet awesome people like you, but I get to live in an awesome city like Atlanta and I don't have to live in the shtetl. And I get to have busted out. So um, that is really good. Happy about that. Okay. So we could talk more about that maybe. So I just, I kind of want to start today with um, intention. So we're all here for about an hour together. And if anybody wants to take just a minute or two minutes and think about your intention for today's class for the next hour. Like, you know, what else would you have been doing now? What else could you have been doing now, right? You put aside this hour. There are other things you might've been wanting to do. There are other things you could have done, but you didn't. So think about it, write it down. Um, you don't have to share it. Um, if anybody wants to share, I'll ask. So we're gonna take the next minute to think about that. Dina. Yes. While we're thinking, I'm going to talk for a second. Um, I have not yet received the book that I'm looking at online. Is that going to be sent to me? Um, I don't know, but if you... I didn't get one, I signed up after the first class. So I didn't. I, yeah. Okay. Email Rabbi Ari, if you don't mind and ask him, but I'm okay. sure it could either be available for you to be pick up or send to you. Either okay. Way. Or he'll make okay. it convenient. Right, okay. Thank you. Okay. So does anybody want to share? Anybody here want to share what their intention is? Okay. So we have Jolie who's sitting to my left and Jolie is going to share what her intention is. Well, I think my intention um, is, I mean, if I weren't here, I would be at home doing regular stuff, but I think my intention has been to get more involved and, and learn more. And um, I think Rosh Chodesh groups are a wonderful way of, of doing that. And I really like the idea of, <clears throat> and, and it brings me to the present. It also makes me think about things that I don't necessarily always think about. And so that's sort of where my attention is, is just being open to new things and learning things. Beautiful. Did, were you guys able to hear that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. 
Okay. Um, does anybody else um, that's here on Zoom want to share what their intention is for the next hour? Sarah, were you waving before that you wanted to share? No, I was waving to her. I agree with her. I'm with her. I feel that way too. Here to learn. Okay. And yes. Donna. I probably would have been doing laundry or reading a book. Was that was I the wrong Donna? No, no, no. You were the right Donna. Oh, okay. Wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, I would probably, like I said, just doing very mundane things. And this is so much more meaningful. And I always enjoy Rosh Kodesh. And it's just, it's wonderful to learn with you. Thank you. Okay. So anybody else want to share what their intention is in being here? Okay, Donna in live person. <laughs> Oh, A.K. Dina. She has a Hebrew name. So we have, so we have Donna, who is also Dina. You want to come here and share? So that okay. So we're just talking. Um, welcome, Nina. We're talking about our intention for the next hour, and Donna, A.K. Dina, is going to share. Hey, Donna. <laughs> well, the class is called Connected, right? Well connected. Well connected. So, you know, I'm on my own. So. Even before the pandemic, it was already isolating, you know. So this gives me a reason to come out and connect with all of you. Amazing. I'm going to make Okay. All right, I, um, I think, oh, what did I do? Okay, sorry. All right, I was trying to mute everyone. Okay, so we have thought about our intentions for sitting here. Um, when you have an intention, right? The benefit of writing down your intention or taking the time to think about your intention is that it more likely will get done, right? Um, if something might get in the way of you doing something, if you have an intention set and if you write it down, then there's like, first of all, you bring it out of your, your, your behind brain, you bring it to your forebrain, which is your more of your thinking brain. And then you, that process of going from your brain into your hand as a writer, I've really researched this a lot. There's a lot that goes into that. So if we have an intention, we set an intention, then we actually write it down or we say it, we have a more of a chance of doing it. Okay. It's, there's more of a chance that it will come to fruition. Um, also, when you set an intention, you have a greater connection to the moment. All of us just sat for two minutes and we thought about what we're doing here. So now we are, you know, it was like, maybe I just showed up because I was signed up and I didn't even remember, but we are, we are hopefully more connected. Um, also, sometimes like in retrospect, you'll look back, you'll look at old pictures and you'll be like, oh, that moment or my kids at that time or, or me and somebody who I really loved at that time, you know, it's so fleeting, but if we always took the time to set intentions, then that moment can be more significant. I know that if I, I get very overwhelmed when I'm in like big spaces with a lot of people and especially like post COVID when I have to go back into that world of a lot of people, I find myself, you know, at the, 
sitting in my car and I'm going somewhere and I'm like, okay, I need to ground myself and where am I going and who am I going to see and what kind of conversations? Like I really, I need to do that for myself just to, to, I guess like, you know, really ground myself and figure out what I'm doing here. And, and, and usually I have, you know, I'm, I'm more intentional about who I'm going to see and making sure to see somebody and say, hello, I was recently in New York at a relative's wedding and I don't know, you know, these weddings are quite large and, um, I came home from the wedding and I came home, you know, I saw my girls and I came home and I had shared a picture with our cousins chat. And then my cousin whose daughter got married, I guess he was on his phone. He's like, Oh, Mazel Tov, Thanks for coming. And I'm like, I never saw him. I know this is, sounds so crazy to everyone, but I didn't see like the father, my cousin who I went for, it was his daughter's wedding. And I love him. I saw, I saw him when he was walking down his daughter, but I never like said hello to him. And I was in bed already in pajamas. It's like, Oh, darn, you know? So there went my intentions. Okay. So, um, Sometimes if we, we don't, if we set an intention, if we think about things, it will, that moment will feel more important. Okay. Um, you can be sure that the next time I go to a wedding, I'm going to set an intention. Like who do I need? These weddings are so overwhelming. I get so lost at these weddings. So I'm going to like, think about who do I want to see? Okay. So, um, also, you know, this, this goes back, like if my intention is to connect with certain people, then all of the distractions around me will become secondary, right? Because I thought about what I wanted to do. So um, this is very current. It's very 2022. It's probably been current for the last decade, right? To be intentional or mindful, um, you know, intentionally to put our flow of thoughts in the here and now, um, because there's so many distractions around us, right? Like pain, fear, trauma. There are all these things in our world that could be distracting us, okay? Um, but to maximize our life, we need to focus on what this moment has to offer us. There's so many things that are, vying for our attention. You know, Donna, you said you'd be doing laundry. You'd be reading a book. How many people would have Netflix in the background and a podcast and a phone call and you're, and you're, you know, just, there's so many things. Okay. So even though it's very popular today, um, this has always been part of Jewish values and Jewish priorities, setting intentions. And today we're going to focus on one specific Jewish practice. And that practice is, what is it? Blessings we say over food and other activities. Okay. So, um, we, for those of you who are here, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on some of the blessings, like in physicality, we have some chocolate wine, not to make anyone jealous or anything. Okay. So, um, so, um, why? Yes. Go ahead. Adira. There's also things, the brachos for, for things that we see. For things that we see. That's right. There's like a blessing when you see a king, you know? So there's, yes, there's blessings when you see a rainbow, right? There's blessing when you hear. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Can we make, we'll talk about that. She, um, Donna, Dina just asked if we could create blessings. Okay. So why do you think saying a blessing, blessing is associated with intention and mindfulness? Like what's the connection? Who, who, who wants to answer that? You have to. Oh. Go ahead, Susan, go ahead. Uh, you have to focus. You have to focus. Okay. So either, what are you focusing on? 
the thanks to Hashem. Focusing on thanks to Hashem. So maybe you're focusing on like something very practical, like what is the blessing, right? Right. So I'm focusing on what is the blessing. Okay. Also um, focusing on having gratitude for what it is you're about to say the blessing over. So whether it's food or wine or a new thing in your house or the first fruit of the season or whatever, that instead of just taking it for granted, like, oh, okay, I got this new thing or, okay, I'm about to eat breakfast. You actually are mindful of the fact that that food came from Hashem. Okay. Okay. But, you know, spoiler alert, you could grow up with, did you want to say something, Ray? Uh, not at this moment, no, thank okay. you. So, spoiler alert, you could grow up with blessings and it could become second nature. And guess what? You're, you're not mindful anymore. You don't even remember if you said a blessing because it's such, it's such a part of what you do and you never have to ask what the blessing is. So, you thought about that, right? Yeah. So, so it can't only be that because, you know, but then again, it is that. So, you're not wrong. It is that. It's mindfulness. It's remembering. So, here, you know, insert reminder that just because, you know, the, and, and it talks about this, the, the Torah warns about this mitzvahs, like the things that become so commonplace to us that we don't anymore think about them. We have to refrain. We have to make sure that we're not, we're not doing mitzvot in that way. in just like a casual, you know, easy come, easy go, not intentional again way. So it, it kind of, you know, there, it brings up that that um, that notion that we're doing this wonderful thing, soon we'll find out why it's so good to do, but it becomes so easy. And then is it wonderful anymore? Okay. So another reason that we, that um, blessings is associated with intention is that um, the same thing is that when we're setting an intention for being with somebody, a loved one, it makes, it makes the moment more meaningful, right? So it's, it's also, it's, it's like eat, but make it meaningful, you know, like there's something beyond just the food that you're about to grub down because like, you know, Dr. Maxi said, like Susan said, we're bringing Hashem into the picture, which is, you know, we're bringing spirituality into our physicality. And, you know, if you think about it, when Hashem created the world and we were in the garden of Eden before we got kicked out, the first thing that God said to us was eat, eat, eat from whatever it is you want except one tree, right? So obviously eating is such a part of our physicality. It's such a part of pleasure. It's such a part of being a person. And Hashem wants us to enjoy that. Hashem wants us to enjoy the eating. Okay. But how do we make sure that it doesn't, you know, nothing in Judaism is like supposed to stay stuck in on one plane. We live as Jews, as humans, we live in two different planes. There's the physical and there's the spiritual. So we want to live, make sure we're balancing that act of living. Okay. So um, it's a greater significance. It becomes God-centered. Um, like you said, um, um, joy, mindfulness leads to gratitude. Um, you know, when we're in a rush and we forget to say, thank you, if you're going somewhere, you know, it, it's just that it's fleeting. It, you don't have that. It, again, it's like setting an intention. Okay. Um, we are, we're, we're looking at the earth and the power that Hashem put into the earth. And we're recognizing that, right? Hashem's power. Okay. Um, so really, you know, the, the beauty in, in teaching this class is it's actually kind of given me this injection and reminder of like, whoa, 
you know, you're so used to this. And I'm not saying I always remember to say a bracha because I do forget also, but it's reminding me like, oh, there's all of this behind, you know, Adira is sitting next to me and Adira went to a day school and she's, she thinks it's a liability in this class, but you know, we, we all need these reminders, you know, sometimes we can also go deeper than we ever went in, in our younger years. Okay. So, um, so I want to talk about um, the mindfulness that comes with saying a bracha from a few different angles. So the first thing we're going to do is text one and page 55. Okay. Um, so no, I'm sorry. Not that. Is that what we're doing? So, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Is it the, um, one second. Let's see. Okay. Okay. So, um, all right. This is a very interesting text. I'm going to give you a little bit of background. Who, who is not looking at a text? Okay. Um, Nina, the, te- the, the, oh, we have to send it again. Cause she might've come on. Nina joined maybe after. It's okay. We're okay. Okay. Fine. We'll read it. It's fine. Okay. So what we're reading here is from Rabbi Huda Halevi in, and he wrote this in the Kuzari. Okay. The Kuzari is a very interesting, um, a very interesting book and it is um, okay. So the Kuzari was written over a thousand years ago by the Spanish scholar and poet named Rabbi Huda Halevi. And basically what he does here, what would you say? No, no, no. It's by Rabuda um, Levy. Okay. So um, basically what he does here is um, he takes this like, you know, hypothetical situation between a, um, a Kuzari king, a Russian king and a rabbi. And it's actually based on a true story that happened and where this, this king somewhere up in Russia wanted to convert his whole country and he had questions, you know, before he was going to invite this religion in. Okay. So um, it presents the beliefs and ideology of Judaism in the form of a dialogue between a Jewish rabbi and the Khazar king who converted to Judaism. Okay. Now, um, Khazaria was a powerful kingdom situated between the Black and Caspian Seas in what today is south of Russia. Sorry, I said north before. In the beginning of the eighth century, the king and the ruling classes of the Khazar kingdom converted to Judaism. And over the next three centuries, many Jews found refuge there from persecution. This is very interesting, especially to me in light of, I just read, did anybody here read um, People Love Dead Jews by Dara Horn? Okay. So it was a great book. You read it? Anyone read it? Okay. It's a great book, but on on my list, on your list. Anyway, she goes into this whole, um, in the early 1900s, China or Northern Russia, China there, they wanted to um, develop this, this city. So they invited Jews there and, um, and it became a wildly successful place. And there's a Jewish cemetery there. And um, what is it? I forgot the name of it, but anyway, um, she talks about, I'm not, it's not for this class, but, um, but the point is that there were all these little pockets of Jews that didn't necessarily remain Jewish. And we happened to have found an, our own Kodesh with my family's last name there. And this was like the first Jew that moved there and we had not known, which was kind of creepy. Okay. Anyway. So, um, 
kind of creepy, but interesting. Okay. So we're going to read text one. And this is where this like hypothetical dialogue is happening, where this king wants to understand some of the Jewish ways. Okay. And it's relevant to our discussion because in their, you know, so-called discussion, they talk about the blessing of food. So um, who on line, I think going to read it because we can, everyone can hear you if you're reading online. So who, who on, somebody online want to read from the rabbi? The rabbi. Go ahead. Read. Can, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. All right. The rabbi for the person who recites a bracha over everything they consume in the world and everything they experience, this strengthens and enhances the pleasure and satisfaction they derive from these things. The Kazari, how so? Are not the bear coat an additional burden? The rabbi, it is not the, is it not the case that a more mature person experiences greater satisfaction in their food than an infant or an animal does and that the animal enjoys it more than the plant, although the plant is continually taking nourishment? The Kazari, indeed it is so because of the greater awareness and consciousness that the mature person has of their enjoyment. If a drunken person were given all they desire and while completely intoxicated, would eat and drink, listen to music, meet their friends and embrace their beloved and be told of all of this when sober, they would be perturbed by this and regret it as a loss rather than a gain since they had all these enjoyments while being incapable of appreciating them. The rabbi, preparing for a pleasure and its experience and appreciating the possibility of its lack doubles the feeling of enjoyment. This is the advantage of the broko uh, for those who are accustomed to saying them with attention and devotion. The broko produce in one's soul a kind of pleasure and gratitude toward the one who has granted these pleasures to us because we appreciate that these things could have been withheld from us. Our joy is all the greater. Okay, so he talks about the saying the bracha, it's a burden. And then he goes into all of this, like, wait, really, is this a burden? And explains that, no, it's worth it. It's going to enhance your pleasure. It takes effort. Living with more gratitude is going to give you more pleasure. I think we can all appreciate it. Okay. So now we're going to go to another perspective, which is text three, page 60. Jumping around as always. Okay. Okay, so here we're, it's from the Talmud and it's um, Rebbe Levi. Um, what? No, it's from the Talmud. Okay, um, Susan, do you want to read it? Sure. Rabbi Levi presented a contradiction. In one verse, Psalms 24.1, it is written, the earth and all it contains belongs to God. Whereas in another verse, Psalms 115, 16, it is written, the heavens belong to God and the earth is given to mankind. But this is no contradiction. The verse, first verse applies before a bracha, the second verse after saying a bracha. Said Rabbi Hanina Bar Papa, a person who derives benefit from this world without a bracha is as if they are stealing from God. Okay. So we have these two verses from Psalms that seem contradictory. And as I learned this week that, you know, even though there are 70 faces to the Torah, and even though everything 
is, you know, um, it's Elu, Elu, Divrei Kim Chaim. This is Hashem's word. This is Hashem's word. But really, at the end of the day, they all need to be essentially saying the same thing in their different ways. So here you have a great example of that, because one says that the earth and all contains belongs to Hashem. And then the other one says, wait, no, the heavens belong to the heavens belong to Hashem and the earth is given to mankind. So how do we understand this? We understand this, that before a bracha, it's don't touch. Okay. After a bracha, are we a guest here or are we given it? Wh- which one is it? So the Talmud is making this interesting observation that um, it only belongs to us after we say a blessing. That is the transition from God to ours when we say the blessing. So why is that? Why does a blessing cause God to give it over to us? So think about the relationship between a parent and a child, right? You want your child to feel 100% comfortable in your house. You give them a bedroom, but what do you want them to do with that room? You want them to take care of it. You want them to own it. You want them to have gratitude. You don't want them to treat your house like a train station. You want them to recognize what they have given to you what you have given to them, right? So it's the same kind of thing. It's the value. Exactly. It's the value of what you've given them. So a child, when a child says, ma, can I take this? Can I have it? You're most likely to say yes. Yes. But when your child just walks off with it, you're like, whoa, why, why didn't you ask? You know, it's just, it's like, it's, it's almost common decency, right? So, um, God, we're asking God for permission to utilize the gifts. Okay. So, um, and, and then what do we do? We use it for good, hopefully, right? So permission is to take ownership of what is God has given to us. So that's not so hard to understand, okay? So now we have two perspectives. We have the perspective of meaningful. It makes it, it's harder, but it's more meaningful. You're not drunk. You're not delirious. You're not um, unconscious. You're being conscious. Number two is that you're, you're um, what, did, what did you say? It gives it value. It gives it value. It, gives it, value. it makes it more hefty. It makes it more significant. Okay, so now... Um, we're going to go to another. Um, okay, so now we're just going to pause for a minute and look at page 53, figure 3-1. And this is going to show us the different um, types of blessings that we have. Okay, so um, the first type of blessing we have is called Birchat um, blessings of enjoyment. Okay, and that is said before and after eating. So we know the hamotzi is on bread. We know the ha'etz is on fruit, but don't be um, fooled because some things that we call fruit, the Torah doesn't call fruit. So for example, it's ha'etz, it grows from a tree. So nuts, most nuts would be ha'etz, okay? Um, That would be like fruit. And then watermelon, cantaloupe, and things, they actually grow on a vine on the ground, but we, um, so we call, we, they are fruit, but they, they grow on the ground. So we say the blessing for the ground, a banana, which grows like in a bush, we say the blessing for the ground. Now, I don't know if some of you will be surprised to hear this. If you grew up in a day school, there's something called a brachos bee, like a spelling bee. And they gave (laughs) you a booklet this thick and you had to know this on a storytelling show on, on, um, on NPR. Jolie um, said she heard this on NPR, a storytelling show. And, and, and the guy was talking about when he was growing up in yeshiva and that's what he did, the spelling, the, the, uh, the blessing bee. The blessing bee. So a guy was- studied really hard for it. It was so interesting and in how- Can you hear Jolie? <clears throat> oh, you can hear. Okay, good. Okay. And it was so fascinating about, because he, because he lost 
because of an ice cream cone. Oh, he lost because the ice cream cone. So they had like Twizzlers. Twizzlers. What do you think Twizzlers are made of? Sugar. Sugar and water. Okay, and coloring, food coloring, flour. They're Mizono. Oh. Now, I don't think like the Twizzlers, like the pull apart Twizzlers that are really candy like, but the good old um, like licorice of old was had a lot of flour in it. So these were things that they always tripped you up on in these blessing bees, popcorn, rice, rice has a lot of different interpretations. If rice is from the ground or if rice is, what about puffed rice, like rice cakes? So this is um, Adira told me that she got out and, and then her, she, her answer to the question was shahakol. And shahakol is really the catch-all blessing, right? And she's like, wait, I don't get out. You can say shahakol on anything. So that was very clever. Okay. Oh, she said she's still lost. Oh, well, sorry. Okay. Birchas ha-mitzvot are blessings on mitzvot. So who can think of a mitzvah that you know a blessing is said on before? Okay, when you when you take your dishes and you dip them in the water, anyone else have a mitzvah? You know, lighting, lighting Shabbat, lighting Shabbat candles, wedding, Hala. Hala. Do you know what mitzvah we do not make a bracha on? Very important mitzvah. It's like the most important. Giving tzedakah. That's right. Do you know why we don't make a bracha on giving tzedakah? So I heard this once because imagine somebody could be dying in front of you and you're going to be busy with your bracha. No, 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 no. Give tzedakah. You're not worried about your bracha. You, you, you uh, give it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then there's brachot shevach vehodah, blessing of praise and thankfulness. Okay. So that would be, for example, like the blessing of Gomel, which we say after we have traveled overseas, or if we were in a situation where our life was in danger, um, it's a custom of women to say this blessing after they've given birth. Um, okay. Or, or the blessing of when seeing a natural wonder, like on, I guess that's the blessing for, um, for the rainbow and those kind of things. Eclipse. Um, Eclipse. Well, actually, I don't know about Eclipse. Off, but a meteor shower. A meteor shower. Interesting. Cool. I got to say one this morning at 4 a.m. You did? Oh, it's okay. amazing. Wow. Okay. Then there's um, prayer blessings. Birchatatfila, blessings in which we request our needs from God, like the daily Amida, etc. Okay. So those are the categories of blessings. So um, so far, everything we've been discussing really falls into the first um, category, gratitude and permission. Um, and then there's during prayer. Okay, so um, we've been focusing mainly on the first. And let's see, various blessings are in figure. Okay, figure, okay, let's, we're gonna go um, to the back. Oh, I don't know if you guys have this. You should, you have the appendix. So in the back, there is, we'll just, we'll just look at it for a second, which is um, here. If it's good to have this. And if anyone didn't get it, we'll make sure that you get this, but in what the, page? I'm, I'm going to look, okay. It's the appendix um, 64. I think it's, it, would that make sense that it's 64? Yeah. Okay. 64. So here are, is the the name of the bracha hamotzi, what type of food, examples. We have the bracha in Hebrew, then we have it translated, and then we have the translation. 
And then we have the after bracha, okay? So you have all those things here, the mizonot, hagafen, ha'etz, ha'dama, shehakol, all the different blessings. So this is kind of a cheat sheet, but I have to tell you that there is an app. I'm pretty sure. I don't know the name of it, but I could find it for you and, and get it and email it to you. There's an app where you could put in what you're about to eat and they'll give you the bracha. Wow. Isn't that great? So, so as Rabbi Ari likes to say, there's an app for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, so anyone have any questions thus far on blessings? You said that um, that when you don't say a bracha on food, you're stealing from Hashem. Does that mean that we have all stolen from Hashem at some point? Sounds like it. Oh boy. Oh boy. We've all stolen from Hashem. What do we do about that? We're human, you know. Hashem accepts us unconditionally. We just have to try better, try harder. Okay. Um, okay. So one more idea that I want to bring here is, um, you know, um, one of the things is that, um, you know, we're, we're elevating the mundane. We're taking this thing that we do eating, you know, I, I once heard that eating is the most, um, is the most unsophisticated of all pleasures. Like, you know, you think of like, um, art, and you think of music and like eating, even though like in the world today, I would say eating has take is like what people are the most obsessed with. And Instagram is full of food and everything is about like chefs and, and, and food. But it's really, I think I read this in Tanya, actually, that it's the most unsophisticated of our earthly pleasures. OK, so um, but then again, we're asked to make, you know, some people try to make a hundred blessings a day. Like we're, we're, we're encouraged to do all these blessings, right? Because um, so much intention, intention is going into this. Um, <clears throat> and the words that we put into the bracha, like, so Donna, Dina, the show she went to, okay. Donna had asked if we could make up our own bracha. So what I want to say here is that the blessings that, and then we're going to talk about this but this is our last point, is that the brachos that we say are very specific words that were handed down to us from the great Kabbalists. So we wouldn't necessarily want to mess with their words. I mean, everybody's always invited, as far as I'm concerned, to speak to Hashem whenever you want, to ask Hashem what you want. But when we're getting specific about blessings, we want to use the words, bar, and, we'll, and we'll talk about that, actually. Um, so let's go here to... Um, Dina? Yeah. Um, isn't it so that on your birthday, you bless other people or other people bless you? Yes, yes. Because you, yes, you, that is a great point. That's when you have the power, this is the day that, you know, your mazel shines, your, um, it's the day you were put into this world. So obviously there's something about this day for you and your um, mazel is just not really translated well into English, but your luck. It's, it's shining for you. So this is the day where you can give forth that, that, that uh, mazel, which shines from inside of you. Okay, so um, we're going to read two more figures, two more um, texts. So we're going to do text two. Um, who on the call? Donna, would you like to read it? Text two, do you have it? It's on page 57. We did that? No, no, no. Oh, okay. 
We're actually going to um, start with um, Donna. Do you have it? Donna here on Zoom. No, uh, no, no, I don't have it. Okay, I so can't. I'm going to read it here. So um, it says in Deuteronomy, it is not by bread alone that the human lives, but by all that comes forth out of the mouth of God that the human lives. It is not by the physical bread itself without the arousing of its spiritual aspect that the human being is vitalized, but rather by all that comes forth out of the mouth of God. Let me just say that this is from, this is a deep piece of um, esoteric Hasidus from the Baal Shem Tov, who lived in 1698 till 1760. And this is, um, this is something that he taught. Meaning when you call forth the divine vitality within food by means of the bracha you recite over it, then the human in you, which is your soul, is nourished by the spiritual, spiritual vitality within the food. For this was the divine intent when God created the worlds and destroyed them, that sparks of holiness should be dispersed in the four tiers of creation for us to elevate. This is also the meaning of the verse, hungry and thirsty, their soul is enveloped in them. Okay, let me go back to the beginning here. Our, when, um, when a person takes a fruit or any other food and pronounces the blessing for the food with the proper mindfulness saying, blessed are you God, their mention of the divine name arouses and calls forth the divine reality within the food, okay? So this is our next level. So we have, um, we have gratitude, we have mindfulness, we have um, creating meaning and we have creating value in something. And now we're going on the, we're really taking a deep dive into the esoteric words of the bracha. And what are we pulling out of the food spiritually, physically is when we say a bracha, we're extracting the divinity in that food. So what are we feeding? We're feeding ourselves. Okay. We're eating and we're feeling amazing, right? Because I just had such a delicious meal, but you know what else I'm doing? I nourished my spiritual part of me. How did I nourish the spiritual part of me? Because I, right. By blessing it, that's how I capture it. And, right. Exactly. We're, 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 we are, so to speak, unlocking, transforming, we're unlocking the spirituality in that food. And I don't know if I knew this necessarily, like we're unlocking the spirituality in that food. So how are we? So we know that we nourish ourselves by doing mitzvah. We nourish our soul, but this is another way. This is another mitzvah that we physically nourish our, our, our spiritual soul, which is so fascinating, right? Okay. So, um, okay. So what, what the Baal Shem Tov is saying is that, um, you know, bread, what, what does he say here? It is not by bread alone that the human lives, but, you know, and bread could be really a metaphor for, for anything, right? In our, in our, right. So, um, what, what does make us live? It's bread, it's dough, it's money. It's, it's our physical things. Right. But what, what the Baal Shem Tov is telling us is that what if the word of God is in your bread? You consume the word of God, so to speak, because how did Hashem create the world? Hashem created the world with words. And we know that Hashem is constantly having to recreate the world using his words. Hashem never stops. If Hashem stopped creating the world, boom, the world 
would not continue to exist. So those words, you know, King Solomon says that God is constantly creating the world, right? And we hope it's constant, but we are ingesting those words, that energy that Hashem uses to create the world, we're ingesting it into ourselves and think of the power that we then have. So not only, yeah, this go ahead. A really, I'm not go interrupt, but I love this sentence here. It says, every food or drink that we eat or drink contains sparks of our own soul, which we are personally charged to elevate. elevate. Yes. I love that the sparks of the soul. I think that's a really neat. Yes. Okay. So Jolie pointed this out. Every food or drink that we eat or that every food or drink that we eat or drink contains sparks of our own soul, which we are personally charged to elevate. And I don't know if anybody has ever heard. um, There are ancient stories. There's one of these stories that my grandfather used to tell my father. My father would tell us that, you know, you know what a Gilgal is like somebody who didn't finish a reincarnation, right? Somebody didn't finish their spiritual job on this, in this world. And they have to come back into, into a a body or into something to finish their job. These are very spiritual stories. So there's often, there are stories where people will come back in their Gilgal in a piece of food. And there's the story that my father would tell us about this kernel of wheat. There's this person who needed to come back into the world and he comes back as a kernel of wheat. And my father would tell the story where he was in the field and he was afraid he would be blown away. And if he blow, blown away, that's it. He's got to come back again. And every step of the way he needs to be made into, he has to be um, you know, sheathed down and then he has to get into a sack. And you know how many times a kernel of wheat can get lost? Then he makes it into a sack and then the sack has to go and he can't, you know, a, a mouse can't eat him in the, in the fat, in the, um, in the storehouse. And then he has to be, you know, molded down into beer or to whiskey. And then he has to go on the shelf and he's in this, you know, non-Jewish town and, and the, um, and the local peasants come in and they're all like, you know, it was a great day. We're going to drink. And the, and the, and the little Colonel is now part of this whiskey and is thinking, will there be one Jew that comes in to drink me and say the bracha on me? Um, Nina, we're talking about a Gilgal. When, when, okay. So, so will one, I write about, I write this story in my book, Nina. So one, will there'll be one Jew who makes the bracha on me. And then before he knows that he sees a, an old Jew come in and the, and the, um, the local peasant says, you know, we made a good deal today. They made some kind of deal. Let's drink to it. And they, and, and it's, it's his bottle that gets pulled down. He's like, oh, finally, I haven't seen a Jew here in months. And the Jew picks it up. No bracha. Oh. back to the beginning. So my father would tell us this story and we would be like, <laughs> we, would, we would be at the, you know, like Adira sitting here and she can't breathe. Okay. So, um, so what, what, what's going on here is this is, this is the spiritual vitality. And if you think about it, just from a, you know, Dr. Maxi or whoever is into science can really back me up here. Apparently atoms have so little matter in them. They're mainly energy and air. Like they say, if you took all the real matter that's in the world or something, it would fit into like something very, very tiny, but everything that looks like it's the energy that's circling in the atom or in the proton that is making the world feel like it's more massful. And really what, so what is that energy? That's Hashem. That is godliness. And this is, you know, from a scientific point of view, but from a Torah point of view, we know that all of that energy that's flying is Hashem's word. 
So, um, so now we have the physical part that's, that's nourishing us and we have the spiritual piece of, of our food that's nourishing us. So it really makes us think and be like, you know, okay. So first of all, that's my personal soul that needs to be elevated by making this bracha. There's a piece, you know, when, I mean, it was alluded to here when the world was, when um, Hashem creates world, he destroys world. This is deep chassidus here, but, you know, we are constantly elevating sparks in this world of holiness that didn't have any vessels where to be kept into. So those sparks are everywhere. So when we're making a bracha, that spark could be something that we have permission to elevate for ourselves. Okay. Um, so all of this lends itself to this intentionality and this feeling of empowerment and actually really physically helping us because, um, you know, think about people who, how, you know, for people have relationships with food, you know, some people it's hard for them to eat or they, you know, or they eat a lot. And then, you know, so here we're just taking the whole thing, whether it's, it's something that is uncomfortable for you or something that is, you know, you have maybe a difficult relationship with here we're, we're coming and we're saying like, this is very godly. So it's not just about your health. Of course, it's about your health, but here's an additional reason to really be mindful about what it is you're eating. Okay. So I asked this permission. I say, thank you. And now I'm able to have this relationship with the spark of God in the bread. And now I'll use this spark of God for more powerful and noble purposes. Um, it's like this awesome trajectory to, for optimism, to do good things with the food. Um, so, and then, um, so we really, we're, we're talking about here, this real symbiotic relationship that we have with our food. Um, so one more idea is figure 59, um, page 59, I'm sorry, page 59, figure three, two, okay, let me see. Okay. So here it's just, what it's doing here is telling you Baruch. What does Baruch mean? Okay. This is how blessings start, right? Baruch means blessed. Okay. So the meaning, so the translation of Baruch is blessed. Okay. The meaning is we're drawing down, we're channeling, we're feeding, we're nourishing. Okay. So we start there. Then we say Atta. What's Atta? You. Okay. Who are we talking about? Blessed are you. We're talking about Hashem. The essence of, and what is the meaning here? The essence of God equally beyond transcendence and imminence. Okay. So now we're coming down and we say Ado. Shem, Adoshem, Adonai, okay, the Lord, this is his divine name, divine name describing God's eternity and transcendence. So now, so we started off with this thing that we need to draw down. And then we're talking about the essence of God that we have no connection to, or we don't really consciously have a connection to. Now we're drawing that down, okay? And then we're saying Elokeinu, and all of a sudden it has a conjugation, right? It's not just a Lord, it's my very right it's my god our god god as my own inner vitality this is the god this is the word of god i'm putting into myself melachalam sovereign of the word world god as the presence in everything that transpires in the world so you see how just the words of a blessing take this lofty lofty concept and they just slow so these are the words baruch Ata Hashem, Elokeinu, Melech Olam, Olam, two feet on the ground. You know, when we want to feel grounded, we talk about the, the world, the ground. Now we're here, okay? So, um, so now these are the blessings. Now there's one 
very condensed blessing. We can say every day and any time of the day. Does anybody know what blessing that is? Baruch Hashem. Okay. So we can say this blessing, we can say all day, every day. And, you know, there are people who overuse this, but now I understand why. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. So guess what? It's a blessing. There we are. We're, we're capturing, you know, our, we're capturing the essence by thanking Hashem, by, by praising him. We're, we're blessing him. We're capturing it from whatever our situation is. There's, um, you know, Sarah, I just realized that you're frozen. And I was like, she is so on. She's listening to every word I'm saying. And I'm like, that's a picture, right? I am. I am. So smart. What a great picture. It's like, boom. It's like that student is amazing. Okay. Anyway, sidebar. Okay. Um, it's okay. Do, do, do you. Okay. So um, there's a, there's a story about the Baal Shem Tov and the Baal Shem Tov. I don't know if you know Baal Shem Tov stories, but all the stories are about his nomadic travels and his visiting of just the common folk. And this is like, you know, the late 1700s, the early 1800s in white in, in the pale of settlement in Russia, where people, the Jewish people had no money. What? Are you trying to do the zoom? You're trying to do the zoom thing to me. No, okay. So um, the Balshankov is spending Shabbos with a um, with a family, and and he spends this whole Shabbos. And really, they're illiterate, like most Jews were at the time, and he doesn't even know if they know how to pray. But at the end of Shabbos, he gets this vision. He gets this revelation, and what the vision and revelation tells him is that. His prayers, the Baal Shem Tov and his students, they knew how to pray. They knew all the intention in their prayers. Not so great. What was most um, um, beautiful and what, what rose the highest, where he could see the most spirituality out of this home was in the simple woman's Baruch Hashem, the whole Shabbos. That's where it was at. It was in her just blessing Hashem constantly. Okay. So, um, so when we talk about, you know, we're never here to scare anybody or to think like, you know, I'm not doing it right. We can get an app, we can be intentional. And really it's, it's not all or nothing. It's as many blessings and as much intentionality that you can put into your day. And as much, um, that you can be thinking about this. Um, I, I have a funny story. Um, I, run a preschool. And years ago, um, when we used to get together in person, no, this is really years ago. Um, there was a Jewish council of all the preschool directors, probably 12 of us. So it was Hanukkah and we're sitting in, I don't know, Ace Chaim or something in their social hall. And there's some food on the table. And this one preschool director, I don't know her from Adam. She picks up a lot because she's like, oh, let's make a bracha. It's, a, it's, it's, it's Hanukkah. And I'm like, oh, let's make a bracha. It's Tuesday. You know, I was being a little sarcastic, you know? Um, so, um, so she looks at me and she goes, what's your name? So I said, um, Dina Schusterman. She's like, where do you, where, where, where are you a preschool director? I'm like, Chabad in town. She's like, I went to Beis Rifka. I grew up Chabad. <laughs> you know, Carol Epstein. Anyway, she was, she lived in my aunt's basement. Okay, so like this little bracha that she wanted to make because it was Hanukkah on a latka, and I was like, let's make a bracha, it's Tuesday, you know? Um, we ended up connecting and it was like long lost, um, so long lost us because she had really, she had actually um, 
babysat one of these, um, she had brought this child to the Rebbe's wife. Like she had like really been ensconced in this whole Crown Heights life and her other life. And I got so many great stories from her. So it was very, very special. So my point is we can make a Brahana Latka. We can, you know, when I was at the JCC running the preschool program there, Hamotzi was on everything. We did the Motzi, the Motzi, the Motzi. So I think that in 2022, with an app, we could probably graduate from just the Hamotzi. We could maybe, I think that we're very into nuance today, right? Nuance is a big deal. So we're going to have a little nuance in our blessings. We're not just going to say the Hamotzi. We're going to hopefully learn that there's many, many, many different blessings we can make. And we can use that energy and feel more connected and feel more wholesome and feel more well-intentioned than meaning. And um Adira, one more common question? I have a question. Yes. Uh, when you make a bracha, you create godliness around you. Well, what if you make the wrong bracha? Is that like, is that like discounted? You You know, I think Hashem, Adira is asking if we say the wrong bracha, what happens? I am very much of the belief that, um, I mean, it's not just my belief. I think I've learned this, that uh, um, Hashem didn't make, Hashem could have given the Torah to angels and then it would have been perfect, but like, it's just not so fun. You know, it's like, you could take a photograph of the Grand Canyon and it's great. It's a photograph, but somebody can go to the Grand Canyon and paint it. And it's going to sell for millions more dollars because there's something about the imperfection of the human connection and the human effort. And I think Hashem for every bracha you say wrong. And then you say a bracha, right? Like that's amazing. I, sh- I think. Hashem- What's the bracha for that? For the pleasure of human connection of great conversation of. Baruch Hashem. Um, um, Baruch Hashem. Uh, what is the bracha for human connection? I was actually thinking there's no bracha for intimacy. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about that. It's very interesting. Leia, is there a bracha for intimacy? No, right? Oh, you go to the mikvah. So there's a bracha for the mikvah, but that's like, you know, so, but that's like a, but, um, and maybe it's like the tzedaka, you know, you, you can't wait for these kind of things. I don't know. But, um, you know, in these times when we're so isolated, um, the pleasure of connection is so powerful. It is, it is. So, the bracha, the Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> the Zoom bracha. Jolie, you were saying there's a very well-known film called My Dinner with Andre. Oh, I love that. That's one of my favorite all-time movies. He brings up, he brings up the whole thing about Brachot Abra everything. That's one of the things he talks about. Um, I can't remember the, the actor's name. He was in Princess Bride. Um, I don't know if he's Jewish or not, but anyway, whoever wrote the, the movie, it, it's, this, it's this dinner with these two guys and they talk about very philosophical things. But at one point the guy brings up, he says, you know, Jews do prayers over everything. So everything has meaning. So everything you take seriously, you don't just, you know, right. do this and this and this. And that's what he brings up as, as part of the film. And it's a very well-known film. It's interesting. Very cool. I like that. Yeah, so I don't know um, what our bracha for Zoom. I'm just I'm trying to think. That is maybe you know there's the modaani in the morning, which is like thanking Hashem for getting up in the morning. There's um, there's prayer in the day. There's I mean just it's like it's that pep in your step. If you're feeling grateful, you probably are gonna have that more like wait what 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 else where can I show my gratitude? Oh, I'm gonna say a bracha. You know, so I think it all like it just interconnects with each other. It doesn't have to, it's not necessarily gonna be related to um, 
you know, pandemic 2022. <laughs> 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 Any other comments, questions? Um, I, you, you should all get a packet and there's other readings to do. So please do. I didn't, um, I didn't get to all of them obviously, but, um, I invite you all to do that. And, um, and I'm, um, did my piece. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone have anything else to say? What else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Pleasure. I hope you'll all um, say a shahakal on your water or your hagafen on your wine. Do you know that wine, by the way, you don't just make a bracha on Kiddush. You could say that same hagafen on a Tuesday, on Hanukkah, on a Wednesday at night in the morning. Yep, yeah, I did. Anytime. Yeah. And then there's a special after blessing for wine too. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> Busy. Makes you, you know, not drink so much. <laughs> Be a good thing. All right. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Miss you all. Thank you.